you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? No. I thought not. It's not a story the Jedi would tell you. It's a Sith legend. Darth Plagueis was a dark lord of the Sith, so powerful and so wise, he could use the Force to influence the midi-chlorians to create life. He had such a knowledge of the dark side, he could even keep the ones he cared about from dying. He could actually save people from death. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 373, Storytime. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the low grade to my wicket, we have Carl LeClaire. I would speak in Ewok, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> oh, I feel like I just saw you. I know. It, it's weird. It's weird like that. I had like this this little deja vu moment going, wait, I just saw Carl. And not over Skype. Right, right. Like in person. It's I'm like, wild. wait, how, how did that happen? <laughs> oh, that's right. Force you connection. came down to Phoenix last week. Shh. No, it was force connection. Force Skype. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. Well, I mean. <laughs> we touched hands. We did. <laughs> and in then, Phoenix over the force. Yes. And, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, um, Somebody came in and disrupted it and destroyed our houses. Um, yeah, right. It was, it was, it was Mark, a mess. It was Mark Hamill. He's ah, uh, yeah. What a pain in the neck. Um, gosh, gosh, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm excited. This this episode is literally coming right out of just you and I doing some brainstorming while we got to hang out a few days ago down in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna just we we each came up with four different story ideas that we we would love to see. Um, be told essentially. Um, so it's, I, in my opinion, this is like basically me doing fanfic, but since I'm not good at writing at all, this is just me talking, which I do love doing. And, um, I don't know if I'm any good at that either, but at least I'm more comfortable with it. (laughs) (laughs) This is essentially the Wampus Lair pitch meeting where we pitch stories and throw them out in the ether and see if any of them get anything. Yes. And so. Um, we did something similar to this, uh, not too long ago, but, uh, I've got some new ideas, uh, especially in light of, uh, episode nine, um, and, and other things, but, uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing. And as always, like, hopefully this will get some creative, uh, juices flowing in you and, 
get you thinking about stories in Star Wars that you'd love to see. And again, there's no expectation that we would actually see these. These are just stories that we'd we'd love to see or at least are telling in our own heads. Yes, um, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and actually, so I was listening to um, uh, Charles Soule, who is you know currently writing the main Star Wars comic, um, which, to be fair, I don't read a lot of the comics. But I was listening to an interview of him on uh, the Full of Sith show, and he was telling this beautiful story about how his dad would put him and his siblings to, to bed every night. Um, and then obviously, he grew up in the era of the OT, and his father would tell them just like Star Wars stories, like based on what we got in the original movies. And uh, he told a few of those stories that like his dad came up with and then some that he came up with as a kid. And I was like, yeah, this is this is some of the best part of Star Wars, right? Like is just creating these own stories for our own little headcanon. And and uh, and now with Disney having Star Wars, uh, it, there's no reason to think that nothing is impossible. <laughs> right, right. The the possibilities and the formats for stories are almost endless at this point. Um, and, and, you know, especially not only in light of Rise of Skywalker, but in light of the success of The Mandalorian yeah. and the return of uh, The Clone Wars, you know, to – to you know disney plus and everything yeah there, there's some there's some good stuff out there and the possibilities for stories and formats for stories um are almost endless at this point um which is why carl and i want to revisit this subject yeah because there's so many good ones that are floating around my head um but anyway um you know a lot of this like i said came out of jason and my's ability to get together uh, just a few days ago while I was in Phoenix um, and we got to have lunch together and just kind of sit out in the gray cloudy skies of Phoenix. I think I brought Boston weather with me. Yeah. Um, yeah, you did. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, you know, I just, I just want to give it like a really quick uh, note of appreciation because last week's uh, experience was just so phenomenal. Um, you know, I got to be with this great group of students and we spent the whole week doing service work with um, homeless communities in Phoenix, which was just an incredibly powerful experience. Um, and, uh, you know, every one of these students that was there was just incredible in their own way. So uh, I promised them that I would give them a little shout out at the top of the show. They they all made me feel like a million bucks uh, one night when we were having dinner back at the the retreat center we were staying at, you know, I was telling them about the podcast and they were all so mesmerized by how long we've been doing it. Um, they were also so excited that you and I were going to get to meet up, even though that meant bailing on them for a couple hours one afternoon. Um, but they were just so incredible and, and, and uh, their, their appreciation of, of the passion that we have for making the show really made me feel pretty wonderful. So, um, you know, we had, we had Lama, Dan, Lauren, Mel, Gianna, Tamish, Val, Grace, Mary, CJ, Mary, Kate, Riley, CJ, Oh, said CJ's name twice, Marie, Christine, and Roe. Um, every one of these students was just so wonderful to work with. And, um, we actually literally did a, a reflection one night that the students put together where, um, all of us got to meet up with one other individual and kind of tell our own stories. So uh, there was a lot of storytelling going on this week. Um, and also, like, obviously, those of you who listen to the show know that I work at a college. Obviously, this was a group of college students. Um, and like a lot of colleges in the country right now, they're going to online classes. And these students were obviously devastated um, to learn that their in-person relationships were going to be so uh, abruptly disrupted. But every one of them was so incredible with responding to that. Obviously, 
Um, there was tremendous sadness, yet they were so open and vulnerable to each other that it was just so beautiful to watch them support one another and and see how that support continues. Um, so yeah, it was just I'm just feeling incredibly grateful for that experience, um, and uh, you know, saddened by. Uh, a lot of those relationships, you know, having to now be mitigated by distance and whatnot. Um, but, you know, uh, they'll make it through. They're wonderful people and they're very strong people. Um, so I feel very lucky to have been able to spend a week with them um, and, and doing that work. And, uh, you know, and just something I was noticing a little bit uh, in the online community, actually from fellow podcasters, which kind of bothered me, was these people wanting to call out how this experience indicates that colleges don't necessarily need anything uh, beyond just online classes. And I just got to say this right now on the air, you could not be more wrong because you obviously don't work in a college. <laughs> Student life is everything. The college experience is not just about soaking up information in a classroom. It's about building relationships, building bonds. Um, and really discovering yourself. Um, as Star Wars fans, it's like training to be a Jedi. You can't just read a book, right? Uh, it requires experience, interaction, and and relationship. So, um, I will I will chime in and say, even as someone who didn't really go out of my way to experience the you know quote unquote you know school life or anything like that, I, I still prefer going to classes. Um, uh, it, being around, Being around students, students and, you know, actually interacting with, with students and teachers and things like that just helps me learn better. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, that's the the benefit. And when I would do homework, it was I was so much more productive if I stayed and did it at the library than if I brought it home. Right. Um, so, <laughs> you know, uh, that whole environment is definitely something, even as a, a you know, someone who kind of avoided some of the student life stuff, you know, out of, you know, in my, my time there, I still preferred going to classes and stuff. So I, I'm glad I graduated before this all came around because like, I don't know what I'd do. I'd be like, Oh God, why do I have to do this? So, yeah. but well, yeah. that's just me. As Star Wars fans, we should understand this better than anybody. Think of how much fun celebration is every year. We get to go to that. Right. Yep. It's, it's so great to physically interact with the people that you usually only get to interact with online. You know, it's great to have those relationships online, especially right now in this experience of, you know, isolation and self-quarantine that's going on in our in our country and really even in the world. Um, I think, you know, us who have such strong communities online, this is this is a great reminder of how well those work. But you just can't, you know, for most for a lot of people you can't replicate that feeling of in-person interaction. Um, and case in point, right. it was literally us just meeting up a few days ago, right? Like, yeah. I love sitting here every week and talking with you on Skype and doing this show, but nothing can replicate that that lived experience. Yeah, I drove up an hour and a half to visit Carl for like two hours. Yeah, uh, I flew you six know, hours. And, <laughs> you know, two, three hours, however long it was. I don't remember how long it was exactly. But yeah, no, that was that was awesome. And I'd do it again. So good. But. How about how about taking a little bit of a longer drive and, you know, like adding on, I don't know, like an extra 20, 26 to 30 hours and coming to Boston? <laughs> uh, let me get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, um, we have a we have a show to make. Um, we do. We so, do. Anyway, uh, hopefully all of you. uh you know, wherever you are in the world right now, you're staying safe, you're staying healthy and um, doing what you need to do to also survive any sort of quarantines. Luckily, we've got Disney Plus. We've got all this great Star Wars content 
um, Star Wars podcast. So uh, hopefully whatever you're doing right now, we're hoping that right now, if you're listening to us, we're helping to alleviate any sort of stress or worries that you're feeling. Um, Cause that's what the show's all about. Just having fun with Star Wars. Indeed. Um, so uh, Jason, yes, um, one more thing we want to hit before we, we jump into our story ideas was this is madness. That's still going on. <laughs> this is madness. It is. And it's pretty awesome. Um, I, we, we had a, a rather different little, uh, you know, setup. There's a bunch of side characters and a bunch of new characters that we've never had. And this is madness. And the first round is already done. Yeah. Moves quick. So yeah, it, it does. So we are, we are in our sweet 16 right now. Um, and, uh, I think I'm pretty – I've pretty much been spot on with how I've guessed the Larians to vote. I've not been 100% right in who I wanted to win because I knew that would – I knew Sindel wasn't going to beat uh, Shakti because most people just don't give Sindel the love she deserves. <laughs> but um, but yeah. Uh, so who do we got in the Sweet 16? Uh, well, we have uh, – on the light side, we've got Hera and Anakin, um, which – that wrapped up yesterday. It did. Um, yep. You can you can check our Twitter account to see who won. Um, or if you don't have Twitter, I'll tell you right now, it was Anakin. <laughs> yeah, that's not a surprise. Um, <laughs> but it was close. Closer than I expected. It was closer than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, I will grant that. Uh, then we've got Janna and Cara Dune going today. Shakti and Wicket. Uh, and then Chirrut and Din Djarin, or the Mandalorian, as he's more colloquially known. Yes. Um, and then on the dark side, we've got Watto and Maul. Uh, Maul clobbered Watto. Um, Shocking. Yeah. Uh, today, it wasn't uh, a fair bet. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't a fair bet. <laughs> Would you like to take it up with the huts? I'm sure they, they can, can settle it. They can. Uh, <laughs> um, and then today, we've got Ara Singh and Embo going right now, and that one's pretty close. Not close enough. Uh, Embo should be winning. I can't stand everyone voting for Ara Singh. <laughs> <laughs> She's been around a lot longer. Um, she does nothing. <laughs> I, um, and then we've got the Mudhorn versus Krennic and the Emperor versus Hux coming up. So those are that is where our, our Sweet 16 uh, is sitting at right now. So... Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I like I like how it's going so far, and it's just it's a lot of fun to 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 see some of these these you know side characters and, and characters that we don't normally put in these kinds of things you know in here and see how they're doing. Um, I I would have said, well, you got Shaq T in there. Why didn't you put Kid Fisto? But you know that's just me. Um, <laughs> I kid, I kid, of course. Shaq T is a good pick. <laughs> So. Uh, well, anyway, you want to tell some stories? I think we should. I think so I think too. We should. Uh, so, who's going first? Do, who talks um, first? Do you talk first? I talk first. Uh, I'll, I'll talk first. Okay. It's hard to understand you through that apparatus. Um, <laughs> it's called it's called a microphone, Jason. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Well, I'm referring to Skype. Oh, um, okay. All right. <laughs> the bane of all podcasters' existence. Uh, anyway. No, we we love you, Skype. Don't kick us off. Um, <laughs> they're not listening. No, they're not. They don't care. Um, all right. I, I've got four stories here. Let's go ahead and start with this one. Um, 
I'd like to get a story about Luke post Return of the Jedi, um, and following his journey as he's seeking out, you know, Jedi knowledge and Jedi mm. artifacts. Um, as he begins building up a foundation to start the new Jedi Order that he, yeah. uh, the new Jedi Temple that he he founds. I I don't have anything to really back this up, but based off of how things were portrayed and implied in the rise of Skywalker and uh, other materials. I think Leia's training happens very quickly after return of the Jedi. And then she's done training before he kind of goes off and starts the new temple. So I think if, if, if what I'm gathering tracks like that, I don't think she trained at his temple. I think yeah. her train was was prior to all that. So right. I would like to pick up after that. Yeah. Um and and sort of track him as he goes on this journey of of seeking and knowledge and the adventures that he gets into along the way um and the people that he meets along the way and the how he finds the people to train that sort of thing um as he begins to to build up and start the the new Jedi temple that he has. Um, I love that. Yeah. So, and, and I, I think that I think that should be a novel. Um, I'm going to put that out there. I think it should be a novel because I think there's going to be a lot of like internal thought processes going on with Luke. Yeah. Because it'll just be him and R2, and he can't just talk to R2 about all this stuff all the time because R2 can't, you know, contribute um, <laughs> to some of the Force discussion. Um, but uh, I, I think. For that reason, um, a, a novel is probably the best format for a story like this, um, and so uh, I, I think that's that's why I would I'd like to see something like that. What do, what do you think about that story? I love it. You know, I it, and, and we've gotten it in a small way in that Legends of Luke Skywalker book. I think it's like a um, middle grade story book that came out last year or two years ago. Yeah, um, yeah, it was uh, in the lead up to um, Last Jedi, right. Um, it was a great book, uh, you know, and it is presented as like these are myths told about Luke. So whether or not they're all true is you know, or like literally true is is obviously up for debate. That's the point. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I love that story idea, Jason. I think that'd be a lot of fun because um, I think what's really cool about whatever Luke because Luke takes a while to set up a temple, like to set up his Jedi Academy. Um, yeah. That much has been developed. And obviously, again, I'd, I'd love to get this story more explicitly. But what is clear is he spent some serious amounts of time, um, you know, just traveling the galaxy, uncovering more and more and more about the force, um, which I think is really cool. Um and, uh, you know, if from what we've gotten so far from, you know, the ex- expanded material, um, it doesn't seem like Luke really starts a, a Jedi training place until Ben is like in his late teens. So Luke's got about, you know, at least 15 to 20 years of yeah. just doing his own thing, learning more about the force. And the thing that I think is so great about that is he's not just concerned with restarting what died out at the end of revenge of the Sith, right? He's not looking to just rebuild a Jedi order. He's, I think he's trying something new. Um, and, uh, obviously that falls apart too, but, um, I think it's really cool because the groundwork he lays, that's now going to be picked up by Ray, um, is awesome. So, you know, I think the fact that he's trying to find as much of the force, even divorced from Jedi, teachings and Jedi alone is, is just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that he seems to have waited until Ben was of age 
before he started the the temple in earnest, you know, whatever that means, whether it was, you know, early, mid or late teens. It's hard to it's hard to tell from the information we've got so far from what I've read um, and seen. But, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like he's he I mean, he had to have at least a decade, pro- most likely longer before he actually started the temple. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I, I'd be very interested to see that journey and, and what he discovered along the way and how he arrived, um, at, at that point. So, yeah, me too. All right. Well, what's this first, the first story you got, sir? Well, it's, it's somewhat, it's similar in a vein to what you have. And this is something that I, I talked about the last time we did this. Um, so I, I just wanted to start with it again cause I still really want it. Um, so right, we just get this. We just got this huge announcement not too long ago about the High Republic, right? And this, yes. this new uh, this new movement. It's it's basically Disney's di- the Disney era version of what Shadows of the Empire was back in the mid to late nineties, right? Which was everything but a movie, <laughs> um, right? So this High Republic, Project Luminous, yes. Um, so this story about the High Republic. Um, it sounds fascinating. I'm so excited about it because again, I just my favorite part of Star Wars is the Jedi and the Force. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, I want still a story about the formation of the Jedi. Um, Yes, because for those of you who are like, what is this High Republic? The High Republic is 200 years before the Phantom Menace. Exactly. So Yoda will still be involved, um, but all the other characters that we meet are completely new. So, And they've they've got a bunch of information on StarWars.com. It's going to be a big publishing push between um, uh, Disney Lucasfilm Press, Del Rey, IDW Publishing, and Marvel so, um, and then possibly more, right? Uh, you know, if it if it's successful. So yeah, they, you know, so who knows if it's successful enough, we might get a video game out of it. We might get an animated series or even a, a, a live action series if it's if it's successful in the way that they hope it is. But uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm excited about it, and it should start. I think it's like this fall is when we'll start really getting some of this stuff. Right. So. Yeah. The first thing to come out is a novel by Charles Sewell. So who's yes. done nothing but comics so far. So it'll be cool to see him uh, tackle a Star Wars novel. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, anyway, yeah. What uh, were you saying? The, 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 again, the story I'd love to see. And, and this is this is all the kind of the brainchild of Ryan Johnson. And that's why this is actually I'd love him to tell this story because I think he's the perfect person to tell this story. Um, but that, that, that story about the formation of the Jedi, right? How they got to Octo, what brought them together. Um, I'd love this story about them kind of creating a creed, uh, creating some sort of, uh, you know, Jedi creed, um, something, some sort of system of beliefs or practices that they live, they live by. It's a life of discipline, but centered in the force. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd love to see that, uh, that ancient temple, which is basically a tree kind of in its full fruits. Right. I mean, I think what we see in last Jedi, I mean, it's just kind of the husk of the tree, but in my imagination, uh, it was this beautiful lush tree, you know, that existed for a millennium perhaps. (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, so I'd love to see them gathering at the, the, the base of that tree and kind of making this pact together. Um, and maybe writing it down in the earliest of the Jedi texts, right? It's, it's the very first pinnacle of the Jedi texts where they, 
kind of uh, which in my mind it's not it's not dogmatic but rather instructional. Um, it's more of how does one become centered in the force? How does one live out a Jedi life? Um, so more instructional as opposed to dogmatic, right? Whereas thousands of years later, you have this, um, you know, this high Jedi order, which lives by dogma, but it'd be cool to see uh, the story of them starting through, um, lifestyle and instruction. Um, so that's kind of the story I'd still love to see. Oh yeah, no, I I definitely think that's a, a fantastic story and something that I I definitely think that'll be a story that they do explore at some point, you know, in, in the new canon. And they they did that in the uh Dark Horse comics um back uh during the Legends period, uh during the yeah. Legends publishing. Yeah. Um so Tales that's been, yeah. you know, it's a a story that has been told, but obviously when the new canon we we want something concrete like what what's the real deal especially now that we've added some of the the lore to that in the movies themselves um i i definitely think they will touch on it uh here and there in other projects but i do think eventually we will get some sort of story on the formation of the jedi uh somewhere down the road and i'm very excited for something like that uh, again, I'm I'm with you. The Jedi stuff is what really interests me, and the Force stuff, and that that that's all like my my bread and butter when it comes to Star Wars. Give me some good lightsaber action, some good Force, uh, you know, uh, philosophy and things like that, and I'm a happy camper. Which is why I'm surprised that I'm enjoying things like Solo and the Mandalorian so much. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I do think I do think a story about the formation of the Jedi Order is incoming at some point um but especially with the the high republic era that they've just started here uh my guess is that will not be coming for some time yeah yeah that's okay it's fine but i i'm totally with you if you had your druthers uh i'm sorry did you say you wanted ryan johnson to tell the story did you say trilogy or single movie? don't care don't care don't care yeah okay um i prefer it live action to be honest Yes. Um, whether that be like a miniseries or a trilogy of movies or a single movie, don't care. But I want Ryan Johnson behind it because I think he of, – of current Star Wars creatives um, – and this is not a slam on anyone else. But I think that Ryan Johnson just gets the Force stuff the best. Um, and I think that he, he flushed it out the best with, with Last Jedi. So um, he's the one that I would really think would do a great job with that stuff. Um, he's not going to delve too much into the weird fantasy stuff of like Dave Filoni's world between worlds. Um, and he's not going to just like do this kind of rushed, unsure of itself, uh, force mythology of, of JJ Abrams. And again, I don't mean that to be a slam on either of those creators. They, they have different takes on it, but I think Ryan is kind of the perfect middle ground of what the force can be. Um, so I mean, we literally get that with that mosaic of Jedi Prime, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I think uh, of all the current Star Wars creatives, uh, Ryan's the one that I'd, I'd like to tell that story the most. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, here's a story that I uh, had from last time we did this topic. Um, and this is one I really still want to see. Uh, I want a a story about Yoda and this is, you know, 400 to 500 years old Yoda. Um, so he's probably still a Jedi master, but maybe he's not on the council or if he is, he's a new member to the council. He's not in charge yet. Um, but he has to go out and investigate a, a pirate or a slaver's ring of some sort that's causing trouble. 
um, on a on a planet, and he ends up getting saddled with and having to team up with uh, a fellow pirate captain named Maz Kanata. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. And I want the two of them to have an adventure where they have to take out a essentially a pirate gang or a slaver gang all by themselves. Essentially, you know, I I think that would be a fantastic story, a fun story, and something you could get some really good scenes out of, especially if Yoda's a bit more dogmatic at this type, stage in his life, and you know, Maz is like, ah, come on, loosen up a bit, sort of a thing. You know, I also I just think it would be hilarious to have the two main characters under three feet tall. Um, so <laughs> that just cracks me up too. But, um, I, I want, I really do want like a, a standalone movie for this because I think it deserves that sort of treatment. Um, and it doesn't have to be a super lengthy, you know, story that we have to, you know, get a mini series or a, or a TV series out of. I think it can be told in a nice, concise way that a, a movie would still work for this story. Um, but I'd really, really just want to get Yoda and Maz on an adventure together uh, because I think that would give us some priceless, priceless uh, scenes. And I'm all here for that. So <laughs> can you just imagine her looking into Yoda's eyes and going, oh, you got old or something? <laughs> I don't know. I, you know I, what, what would she see in Yoda's eyes? You know, um, I, I just think that would be fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be a great story. I'm I'm here for it. I'd watch it, listen to it, read it, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah. the option would be. Um, I love it. Well, my my next story idea centers around my boy Han. Um and uh obviously Alden Ehrenreich inhabiting the role because duh, he's perfect. Um <laughs> but I you know, in you know, obviously the Make Solo 2 Happen campaign is, is still very strong. Um, and, and I hope in some way we do get something from that, whether it's uh, another movie or a Disney Plus series, whatever it may be. But the story I'd love to see is the story about Han becoming Jabba's boy, right? He, I mm. love how he refers to him as my boy when they meet up in A New Hope. And Han me boogie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um. It's it's a great moment because it really does imply that there's there's a real serious relationship between these two characters. Um and you know part of Han strutting his stuff still there is I think also his just his own bravado and trying to come across strong, but I think there is a certain confidence he feels that Jabba's not really going to do anything cuz Han's his boy, <laughs> you know? Or yeah, he's he's Han's his boy, yeah. Um yeah. but the story I'd love to see is you know, maybe looking at two or three years after the events of solo. Um, obviously at this point, Han's doing regular jobs for Jabba. Um, and what I'd love to see is the hot syndicate going into war against Crimson Dawn. And mm. Han finds out that Kira is one of the top, like she's now like second only to Maul. I don't want Han to know anything about Maul. I think it's important that he doesn't. Um, but he knows that he's now in this kind of uh, gang war on the opposite side of Kira. Um, yeah. And he still has all these kind of unresolved feelings for her. Um, and what I would love to see in this story is that the Empire eventually intervenes because, hello, Crimson Dawn's being run by Maul. You know, Vader comes to learn about that through some spies. So the Empire kind of shows up and, and shuts down the war by basically eradicating Crimson Dawn. They're fine with the Huts because the Huts do their dirty work as well. 
But Vader, you know, maybe we have like a side story within the series where we get to see Vader just kind of house Maul and Maul. That's why Maul runs off to Malachor. Um, but I'd like in that series and not because I don't like Kira, but I would like Kira to die and Han witness it. Um, and here's why. Not because, again, I don't like Kira, but it brings that full closure to the fact that nothing can happen between them. Yeah. But what I want to see is Jabba step in to that experience, right? Jabba kind of becomes the pseudo father figure for Han. Um, and what I think would be so powerful about that is now Han is stuck in the same situation he was at the beginning of solo, just like lady Proxima, he's got another crummy father or parent figure in Jabba, yeah. right? Jabba kind of steps in like, Oh, I'm sorry about, you know, your friend that you lost, blah, blah, blah. I'm here for you, boy. But he's constantly using Han for his own ends. Right. Just oh, like yeah. lady Proxima, right? Like she, she gives a fake sense of protection, but at the end of the day, if you don't do her bidding, you're nothing. Um, so I just feel like it'd be a really interesting way of, in a very similar story to Anakin's, right? Anakin grows up a slave and eventually becomes a slave again for half his life. Um, it would be interesting that Han's, you know, Han finally thought he was free of this uh, kind of indentured servitude to Lady Proxima. And Jabba uses this emotional turmoil to kind of shimmy his way in. Uh, another space slug kind of, you know, feeding off of Han's own misery. Um, yeah. So that's a story I would love to see. And it, it you know, it kind of ends with um, Han really wanting to believe that Jabba, care, Jabba cares about him. But the only one who still cares about him is Chewie. So, yeah, but no, I think that's a great, uh, great premise for a story um, and, and definitely something I would love to see um, in some way, shape or form, because the, the solo really opened up a lot of options and a lot of interesting ideas with you know crimson dawn and maul being involved and han's proximity to it um and everything like that um and his tie to it directly through kira uh you know it's just a very interesting scenario and 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 i do think that a solo two would have been really really awesome to get um and so if we get a solo two or a uh, solo mini series or series or whatever in order to get some of this other story out. I would love that. And I, I do think the idea of getting Vader involved to take down the mall aspect of Crimson Dawn is a good idea because uh, Maul knows who Vader is in rebels, right? And he's terrified and, of him and he's terrified of him, you know? Uh, and, and I, so if we we get that initial confrontation and Maul has to yet again run away with like a dog with his tail between his legs, um, you know that that's a that's another interesting story beat for for that character too. So I think it's a great story idea, and I think it's a great thing that they should look into continuing and wrap up some of these these story threads that they left you know dangling like ripe fruit at the end of Solo. So. Um, it's it's a fantastic idea and a fantastic story that needs to be followed up on, and I'm so glad that you mentioned it here. Yeah, yeah. So what, right. what's another story you've got? Uh, well, I've got a new pitch for an animated series. Um, uh, Dave Filoni, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> please do this. Um, I want to take us back to a thousand years before Phantom Menace, you know, before the dark times, before the Empire, you know, through a thousand generations of Jedi Knights with Guardians of Peace and Justice in the Old Republic. But what happened a thousand years before, you know, this millennium of peace? Uh, how about a Jedi Sith War? 
Um, we've gotten several of these in the old, you know, uh, you know, legends, um, continuity and things like that over the years. You know, there's been a couple of them that have happened, you know, several thousand years ago, only a couple thousand years ago, things like that. And, and I'd like to see one of those brought into the new canon. I would like to get essentially a canon version of, you know, the old Republic, but like a little bit closer to, to, where we are in relation to the the main stories, the Skywalker saga, um, rather than you know as far back as it, as it is in the old Republic, um, you know that that last big intergalactic war that happened before the the formation of the old Republic, and and how it lasted for a thousand years, you know, leading up to the Clone Wars. So. Um, I'd like to see, you know, the last major conflict between the Jedi and the Sith on a full scale level. Um, and I think it would be good for an animated series to follow this because you can, you know, throw as many, you know, animated models, you know, into the frame as possible. And you don't have to worry about how, you know, as much about how much it's going to cost. Um but I, I also just, you know, watching Clone Wars, I'm like, ah, yes, this animation is fantastic. And getting some of those kinds of things back in, in a for you know, in a story like this, I think would be great. And I would like to, you know, if I had my druthers, I'd like to have, you know, the first season be like sort of the espionage uh, and the buildup to war itself, you know, as the Jedi and Sith are jockeying for position and kind of trying to handle the other without actually officially causing the start of the war and then we have war for a couple of seasons and then the denouement with the end of the Sith um, you know and and Bane slinking away to establish the rule of two sort of a thing um, you could get Mark Hamill back into it since he's voiced Bane in the Clone Wars um, but yeah I think that's that's a story I'd like to tell and a story I think would be really cool to see in an animated form with you know, just more lightsabers and Jedi and Sith, you know, and obviously, you know, you'd create a, a whole passel of new characters to follow on both sides um, so that you get invested in everything. But then, of course, you don't know any of these characters. So what happens when they die halfway mm. through the se- this series or yeah. things like that, you know? <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I, I just think it's a, it'd be a neat story to tell. And, and I, I like the animated format for that because I just think it would be um, – It allows for that little bit of over-the-topness. Yeah, exactly, story, which, right? which you kind of need yeah. if you're going to have just you know essentially armies of Jedi and Sith fighting each other. Um, so yeah, I, that's, that's kind of what I, I'm looking for and something I'd like to see. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think that would be a really fun story to watch. Um, cause like you said, I mean, these, these are stories that have been hinted at in so many different parts of star Wars, right. In the same way that clone wars, right. You know, when Obi-Wan mentions that to Luke in a new hope, people were immediately like, what are the clone wars? And exactly. it, it took what, like almost over 30 years, not quite, but you know, nearly 30 years to finally get those stories <laughs> after right. it was first mentioned. Um, and we've been hearing about stories about, you know, wars with the Sith for so long. Um, so I think it'd be so cool to get the story of that last great war before, you know, the, uh, the formation of the order that stands when we get to the prequels. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'd be such a fun story. Yeah. I love it. 
And like I said, you'd have Bane involved um, on yeah. the Sith side because he's the one that survives and establishes the rule of two out of this. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's. I think that would just be a fantastic story. So, yeah, agreed. I think that'd be so fun. Um, well, my my other story, another story idea I had, which was actually something that I came up with that I was planning to write, but of course didn't because again I'm not a good writer and don't have the discipline to write. Um, but <laughs> with the phone when we were in the Redwoods just this past summer. Um, and I just kind of became fascinated with Ewoks, um, even though there weren't any there, uh, much to my chagrin, um, as I mentioned, I know. as I mentioned to you several times, I just kept saying, I just keep thinking there's going to be an Ewok behind a tree. And again, not a real one. I know they're not real, but just somebody dressed up as one just to like, have a good time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, I'd love that if that happened. Same but, here, but sadly no. it didn't. Um, nobody left an Ewok plushie in the woods or anything I like know. that. I know it. Um, but you know, something about being in those woods was so magical and it really made me feel like spiritually connected to that, to that experience. And so the story I would love to, to be told, have told is the story of Logre's spiritual quest. Um, how Logre became the like shaman of Bright Tree Village. I want that story. Um, also fun enough, my, my friend, Mike, who I've been spending a lot of time with, Mike loves all the strange stuff about star Wars is how I'd put it. Uh, <laughs> like he loves the Ewok movies. He loves the animated Ewok show and droids. Um, and when I hang out with him, that's often what we watch is we'll watch old Ewoks episodes or droids episodes, or like we just watched a uh, caravan of courage at like two weeks ago. Um, and like they're terrible, oh, but lovely, <laughs> you know, stories. Um, but the thing I would love with the low gray story is, uh, you know, kind of looking at Logre being given the quest, right? Like he is, he's going to be tapped to be the next shaman of Bright Tree Village. But in order to do that, he has to complete a quest. Um, and this is kind of drawing on some like old EU stuff actually from, from Wookiee, from the Wookiee culture. But Wookiees were often, right? Like they don't really go to the forest floor. They always stay in the treetops. So in my head canon, the Ewoks are the same. That <laughs> um, the Ewoks typically <laughs> stay to the tree treetops, which obviously that's not, what's true at all when you watch the Ewok movies, they go to the forest floor all the time. But um, the idea is that Logra has to kind of go to this particular part of the forest, kind of this, you know, dark cave, if you will, from like empire or something. And he needs to connect with, I'm, I'm going to say that the Ewoks call it this, the Ashla, right? Um, which is, you know, that, that term that's been used in star Wars to indicate the light side of the force. Um, do you remember what the, um, the Lasat call the force? Uh, do they call it the Ashla? I don't think they so. might have. They might have. Yeah, I feel like they might have. Um, let me, uh, well, let me yeah, well, do I, some googling I'll, for yeah, you. I'll keep talking while you research. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> do my homework. Um, but uh, yeah, so I would love the story where Logre is like he knows he needs to connect with with Ashla. Which again, um, the thing I love about the the creation of the Ewoks is they are very much an, an indigenous people, right? And I think. George, when George created the Ewoks, he did his research on what indigenous tribes might look like, um, what their cultures might look like. So in my mind, the Ewok culture, they do believe in like gods, essentially. And to them, the highest god is, is Ashla. They call, they call her Ashla. And Ashla is the one who reveals what you're supposed to do with your life. You know, So in this story, we might see kind of like a typical... Um, you know, quest type story, you know, Logre might have to do some battle with some like fierce predators on the forest moon of Endor. Um, and then, you know, he has this quest to find some sort of ancient root at the, the, 
you know, bottom of some great tree in the middle of the forest. And, you know, by burning that root, he's able to have like this spiritual dream experience, which again, this is all very culturally relevant stuff. Um, but within that dream sequence, what I'd love, so once Logre's kind of surmounted all of the physical tests in his face, um, the Lasat do call it Ashley. Oh, sweet. Giddy up. Um, so, but it, once Logre kind of overcomes these physical obstacles, he then overcomes the, uh, kind of internal obstacles. Um, and he kind of has this dream sequence of seeing this golden God that comes into their village and will save them from the forces of Bogan. And Bogan, of course, is the name used for the dark side of the force in Star Wars. So um, even the Ewoks understand the force, but they see them as God. So Ashla is the good God. Bogan is the, the dark God. Um, so, you know, we'd have this really cool dream sequence of Logre seeing this golden, this golden God coming into to help them unite and, and overcome the forces of Bogan. So that's a story I'd love. <laughs> um, that's awesome. And I so like essentially, it. essentially yeah. you want uh, low Gray's, um Oh gosh. Uh, the Jedi trials. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I would love it to be done in uh, the same animation style as the Ewoks TV show. Like it'd be so great because <laughs> it's, I love that art actually. It's, it's really great art. Um, so you want uh, care bears. Yeah, I do. I want to okay. sleep with them like in a comfortably cuddly way. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that's, that's another, that's one of the other stories I, I'd love to, to, to tell. Excellent. So now that's fun. I, and I, sorry, while I was doing my research, did you, yeah. did you say, um, what format you'd like to see this in or is, do you have a preference? Yeah, um, I, I'd really like to see it, you know, as like an animated um, yeah, 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 show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. not like a series, but like an animated short even. Uh, you know, this could this could fit in very well into something like not quite Galaxy of Adventures because those are only a minute long. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some other sort of thing. Uh, and it could easily be for kids, specifically geared towards kids. But this, you know, uh, fun little animated. So yeah, and I'd an animated short. Yes, thing. and yeah, I'd love that's awesome. Yeah, I'd love the and again, like I said, I'd love the animation style that they used for the Ewoks TV show back in the eighties because I really like that animation a lot. It's really cool. So, Speaking of which, Galaxy Adventures coming back with new episodes. I know. I'm so excited. I love that series so much. It's really good, folks. Star Wars Kids YouTube channel has some quality stuff with I, Galaxy of Adventures. They've already come out with at least one episode because I watched one. Um, Oh, I need to see it there. Yeah, and I know one of them that's coming up will be uh, a little story about Ray being trained by Leia, which I'm super excited about. Nice. So, but, yeah. Um, what's the final story idea you got for me? Oh, my final story idea, and this is an idea that I I love so much that I would want to be involved with it in any way possible, preferably in the lead character role. Um, <laughs> and that is uh, uh, essentially the story of Palpatine. Um, as he journeys from being a Sith apprentice to master, you know, and, and having, and, and I don't know if it would be a full series or a mini series, but I'd like it to be live action because I think, uh, I think it deserves that kind of a treatment. Um, but you know, like, like a Mandalorian, um, type series or, or yeah. mini series. Um, cause I, I don't know how long you would go with it. So that's why I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if I'd cut it off at a miniseries length or if I'd have it, it'd be like a one or two season series kind of a deal. I don't think it would go any farther than that, but 
I'm not sure. Uh, but basically, it would follow Palpatine, you know, as he um, gets essentially as he gets chosen to be a Sith apprentice, mm-hmm. and his journey into you know becoming the manipulative mastermind that he is, and the series ending with his murder of his master, uh, Plagueis. Um, I think that would be a a good point to end this story at. And I would, you know, as he navigates the waters, not only of, you know, finding and learning the, the powers of the Sith, but navigating the, the waters of, of the political intrigue and public office that he uses on his way to, you know, put himself in the position that he is in the Phantom Menace and beyond um, so that he can do some awesome stuff. Well, awesome for him. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think he's a fascinating character in, you know, in sort of a, you're evil, don't, I, you know, I don't want you to succeed kind of a thing, but I think the the path that he gets to where he is would be an interesting one to to learn and to find out essentially it would it would you know be a a visual retelling of you know events that were kind of covered in the plagueis novel um Mm -hmm. that was you know released years and years ago but um i i i've always enjoyed that story and that the idea of that so i really would like to see this um fleshed out and uh put into a live action scenario and like i said I'd like to play a young Palpatine if anybody's asking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a story I would really enjoy seeing. Um, so yeah, and and and, and I'll, I'll let everybody know I'm working on a little project based off of that idea. So um, keep your eye out on our social media and stuff, and you might see it show up in the next couple weeks. So I'm I'm working on some stuff. I got a little. Little mini project that I've got in the in the hopper, so see if it comes together as fast as I want it to. Yeah, better because you told it to me over lunch, and it's awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to I want to see it come to fruition. It's 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 so great. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love I love the way your mind just plays with the Palpatine story. You know, I, I think he's such a fascinating character, but I just don't think about him in that way. Um, so I love I love the way that you wrap your mind around his own rise to power. And that would be a great story. It'd be awesome to see him training, you know, to see yeah. him being belittled in the way that he belittles Vader or he belittles Dooku or how, you know, Dooku belittles Savage, right? Like we've seen kind of this creepy, horrible way that the Sith train one another. It'd be, and, and Palpatine's always at the, the pinnacle of it. It'd be great to see him at the, the butt end of some of it. Like that'd be what, a, that'd be fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would be, and it's it's one of those things where you know at some point he's he's got to start like turning it, you know, with how devious he is and how you know manipulative it is. There there has to be a point where he starts to kind of turn that, and and you know doesn't end up on the the butt end of it as much anymore. Because I I figure he's he knows he's destined for Sith greatness and. Plagueis is just in the way. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that kind of a thing. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think it'd be a fascinating story to tell and that whole journey, you know, to 
evil mastermind. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That'd be a great story. Yes. Um, well, what about you? What's the uh, last story yeah. you got, sir? Yeah, um, it, it's it's very much inspired by uh, Rise of Skywalker, and it's kind of a two-part story. This is my way of cheating. So you cheat all the time on the shows. Um, with like, <laughs> Jason, give me your favorite moment. You're like, this entire 30 minutes of movie. I'm like, okay, that's not a moment, but great. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've I'm only done that like once. 100 times. 100 times. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine because it gives me opportunities to do things like this. Okay. So well, fine. Go you. ahead. Um, so, it, and the reason I see that it does kind of mesh well is actually, so um, I got the rise of Skywalker novel in the mail today um, and I've already started reading it and, and um, I don't want to say any sort of big spoilers. Um, so this is a minor spoiler. Hopefully this doesn't offend you, but the book actually opens with um Ray on Asian Claus. So, and it's an, it's it's the same scene we see at the beginning of the movie, but it is a bit extended. Obviously, you can do a lot more Leia dialogue because you don't need Carrie Fisher there. Um, but what's really neat is right at the beginning, you see kind of as Leia is training Ray, she's also thinking back to her time being trained by Luke. So, I would love nice. some sort of again. I, I I'm thinking of an animated series because again, you can't do live action. <laughs> These actors aren't around to do it. Um, and honestly, I don't think I want it as a novel. I just, I don't enjoy star Wars novels. Like I used to, if I'm being completely honest, I don't know why that is. Um, I'd rather watch star Wars than read star Wars for whatever. If I'm going to read star Wars, this is me on a tangent right now. I apologize. If I'm going to read star Wars, I want to read about it's like cultural or spiritual implications. I want to read kind of nonfiction star Wars. Um, that's the sort of stuff I love reading about star Wars, but the stories themselves, I'd rather just watch them. <laughs> or listen to a radio drama. Um, yeah, so that being enough. said, I feel like this could be a really cool animated series where we kind of get um, the training of Leia from Luke, but also kind of intercutting that. It's kind of like this two-part story that's constantly being melded together. So all of Leia's training, which is going to be obviously relatively brief with Luke, but how she still is able you know, nearly 30 years later to unpack all of that with Ray. And I'll say this right now, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's, it, there's some really good stuff right at the beginning of this, this novel about uh, how Luke trained Leia. And one of the things that's revealed is that he realizes right away that Leia is much more of a natural with the force than he is. <laughs> um, and I really like that. And if, if you've not read the, the book that came out a couple of years ago called a Cer- from a certain point of view, which is kind of the collection of short stories um, are all centering around a new hope. There's a short story in there where Yoda and Obi-Wan are talking to each other. Um, and I don't know if they're force Skyping or what it's not revealed exactly how, um, but Yoda wants to train Leia, not Luke. Um, and it's, yeah. it's this really great moment. And I feel like this kind of capitalizes on that. Like there's something about Leia. Leia is just naturally more patient. Um, and uh, it might, it would make her uh, a better future of the Jedi. So, in this story, um, you know, obviously we kind of get this beat in um, the, the flashback in Rise of Skywalker, but we see Leia being trained and she ultimately makes the decision to step away from this formal Jedi training because she feels the force calling her to a different way of being right now, right? She's called to politics. She's called to the thing that is most natural to her. Um, so it'd be cool to get that story. But then seeing, again, kind of the common thread, though, would be, um, and I guess in some ways that now that I'm just thinking of this out loud, I feel like this is actually a Leia story more than anything else. It's not really about Luke and it's not even really about Ray. It's mostly about Leia and the 
common theme is that Leia just naturally listens to the force. Um, so the reason she steps away from this formal training is because the force wants her in a different capacity and something that's even more natural to her. And now it's just natural for her to pick up this kind of maternal masterly role with Ray. Um, and kind of the story with her and Ray is she's teaching Ray how to be patient and to trust in herself. Um, cause if, of, of any Star Wars character, I would say that Leia has some of the most self-trust of any character. She believes in her own power and her own self-worth. Yeah. Um, and that's something that Ray really needs to learn for herself because of Ray's own, you know, troubled past. Um, she, and we see that's part of her struggle in episode nine, right? Is she's really struggling to really believe and trust in herself and who better to teach her how to do that than Leia. Um, and she is a new kind of teacher. She she can teach Ray a new way of being a Jedi, um, you know. And I think the biggest thing, the th- and and again, this is obviously all conjecture on my part. But I mean, one of my absolute favorite moments in all of Star Wars right now is that scene when Ray is getting ready to leave for Pasana, and she and Leia have their last co- little conversation, and and when Leia embraces her, I'm like, yes, this is Jedi training as it ought to be. And right. You think of, uh, you know, the relationship of a master and his apprentice in the prequels. It's not, there's always like these boundaries you have to keep up about personal investment. The thing that's so beautiful about Leia and Ray is that Leia is very maternal to her. Um, and she connects to Ray probably by teaching out of her own experience. Um, it's, I, I feel like Leia would always be transparent to Ray, um, which is something I don't think happened. Well, we know it certainly didn't happen with Anakin and Obi-Wan, <laughs> right? Um, Anakin's surprise at the existence of Satine and then Obi-Wan's own, uh, personal way of kind of keeping that from Anakin, right? There's always these veils put up in the old yeah. way of doing it. And I feel like Leia and Leia and Ray have something very natural and very, transparent and vulnerable. And I think that's the best way to train. And I think that's what Leia got from Luke. I mean, that's her own brother. Um, so I'd love this kind of like common story centering around Leia about Leia being this character who is just so naturally gifted in the force and is kind constantly like just doing the will of the force without consciously doing the will of the force, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think in the context of that story, Leia kind of reminds me of, uh, kind of this there's a friend in my own life who he is incredibly spiritually in tune all the time yet he is in no way religious he never grew up religious anything he knows about religion is just from questions he's asked me (laughs) but he's just (laughs) always so naturally inclined to doing the will of of the spirit of good uh that um it just comes naturally to him and i feel like that's who leia is um and it it, it comes out of that self-assurance um so that's what kind of gives Leia the edge on Luke is she believes in herself right from the get go. Whereas obviously Luke struggled with it and that's something she has to pass on to Ray. Um, so Leia is kind of this perfect bridge from the old into the new. So, yeah. so that's a story I'd love to see as well. I think it'd be a great story. Um, I I'm totally down for, for listening to that or reading that, watching that. I, I watching that side. That's what you said. You said, yeah. uh, <laughs> I got caught up in the story you were telling. I was like, but how do you say? It? Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I totally be down for that story. I think it'd be a great story and, and having it be something that sort of cuts back and forth between past and present, um, you know, it would be, would be a really neat way to tell the story. Cause then you, you, you know, 
you could create parallels and, you know, uh, echoes of lessons and things like that, you know, it, you know, back and forth and things like that. I think it'd be a great way to do that. And I think that would be very, um, interesting and, uh, rewarding, um, story to tell, uh, for, uh, for Leia, because it would really expand her in an area that we haven't had a chance to see her really operate in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, the two, I'm just thinking the, the two instances of seeing Leia explicitly use the force in the sequel trilogy. First off in last Jedi, she's powerful enough to survive being blasted into space and pulling herself back on board. Again, there's just something natural to that moment. Um, yeah. And then even in that flashback scene, she bests Luke in that little lightsaber duel, right? She's the one who takes him down. Um, yeah. And I think it's, I think it's awesome, man. Like, I think it'd be such, just such a good story. Um, because Leia also, like you said, right? Like when Luke ends up creating his Jedi temple and his Jedi Academy, Leia's not there. She's not part of that. So Leia, even though she probably knows the history of the Jedi, which she probably knew even growing up because of her father, Bale, um, she's not doomed to repeat those mistakes because she was so divorced from it. For her, the force has always just been something natural. And like Yoda says in my favorite quote in all of Clone Wars, the, uh, the force made visible a Jedi is. And I think that's exactly the truth Leia lives out. And that's the only thing that's important to pass on to Rey. So what will the Jedi order look like beyond Leia and Luke? Well, something new in Rey. Um, and I just love that. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I like it. So well, there you go, folks. There's, uh, some stories that we've, uh, we've thought about and we'd like to see, um, Definitely tell us what you think about them, uh, our ideas, and definitely share some of yours because we'd love to to hear ideas and and uh, for stories you know beyond just what we think of because there are definitely things that I just I wouldn't even consider because it's just not in my my focus my range of focus so you know I'd be very interested to see what any of our our Larians have rolling around in their heads with stories they'd like to see so. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, also, folks, um, there's no matchup or poll this episode because we've still got uh, this is madness going on over on Twitter. Again, sorry for all of our our Facebook listeners out there. Uh, Facebook is no longer uh, giving us the ability to put polls up. Yes. So that is why it is not there. Right. Well, I will say this, and I, and I apologize because in some ways it's a little unfair that you weren't able to participate in the early rounds. But once we get down to the final four, I will just post it on Facebook as well. So you can, and, and I don't mean to like, so go, oh, I'm throwing you a bone here, but I don't mind taking just in those last couple of days the, a little bit of extra time to count all those votes. So for the final four, it will be on both Facebook and Twitter. But like I said, unfortunately, Facebook got rid of, like you said, Jason, the, the polling option. So, but yeah. So. But um, that's that's what we've got. Carl, if people want to weigh in on anything we talked about today or anything else, where can they do that, sir? Well, um, as we've been indicating, we're obviously very active on our Twitter, which is at Wampas Lair. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcast. And um, you can always send us an email at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. Indeed. 
Um, that's all I've got. You got anything else before we close down this episode, Carl? I love all these stories. Me too. And uh, we're, we're both very much looking forward to Project Luminous coming uh, this fall. That's all we've got for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to episode 373 of the Wampas Lair podcast, Storytime. For Carl and Katie, who is on hiatus, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampas Lair. <laughs>